It's time to pull up a chair and open your Bible for today's Bible study segment of Naomi's Table. Now, here's our teacher, Ruth Christian. Good afternoon, ladies. Let's start right in and see what God has for us today. John has been laying out the truth that a child of God practices righteousness and loves our brothers and sisters in Christ. I think by now we probably get that. And these two actions are proof you've been born again. And he's been pleading with his spiritual children not to be deceived by those who would tell you otherwise. So let's pick up today in verse 13. John says, Do not marvel, my brethren, if the world hates you. So he says, don't be surprised, my brothers and sisters, that the world hates you. This is a word for us as well. We have the benefit of John's gospel as well, where Jesus said in chapter 15, verse 18, if the world hates you, you know it hated me before it hated you. That and if there can be translated since, since the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. In other words, it's a reality in the life of a believer. John 17, 14 says, and this is when Jesus is praying to his father for his disciples again, he says, I have given them your word and the world has hated them because they are not of this world, just as I am not of this world. So then he goes on to say, In verse 14, John says, We know that we have passed from death to life because we love the brethren. He who does not love his brother abides in death. The New American Standard and the ESV omit his brother here in this verse, but it's in the context of the verses on both sides and what John's been teaching. It really is understood. That's who he's talking about. The love of the brethren is proof you are no longer separated from God, but have received eternal life, the life of Christ in you that you abide in, which means you have fellowship, sharing of that life with God and then with other true believers. This truth reflects John 13, 35, where Jesus tells us love is evidence we belong to him. So now, and then John goes on here in verse 15 he says whoever hates his brother is a murderer and you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him now this doesn't mean that a murderer can't accept jesus and and end up going to heaven but you're talking about a way of life here if this is what a person does they kills people Um, this reflects jesus teaching in the sermon of the mount again where he lays out what the life of of righteousness entails. If you continually hate, you are committing murder in your heart. If this is your heart, you do not have eternal life abiding in you. This, of course, does, again, does not mean that a murderer can't be saved. All right, so that's real key. So 15, let's read it again. Whoever hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. And verse 16, by this we know love because he laid down his life for us and we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. We too should sacrifice our lives 
for the sake of others, especially our brethren. Our lives should reflect his sacrificial love. Then John goes on and he says in verse 17, but whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? Now, heart is the key word here. Shuts up his heart. If we have the means to tangibly help a brother or sister in need, and we shut up our heart from him, when the Lord is speaking to our heart to do something, God asks, or not God, John asks, I'm sorry, um, how does the love of God abide in us? If we're abiding, the love of God should be flowing in us and through us to others. It's the fruit of the Spirit. And one more thing, verse 18. My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. This is the central verse to what John is getting at in this chapter. John gets really personal and intimate again. My little children here. He exhorts them. And then he includes himself when he says, let us. So the exhortation includes himself. Let us not love in word and in tongue only, but in deed and in truth. It doesn't matter what, what spiritual maturity level you are. Remember, he was speaking to, to those of all maturity levels in Christ. This exhortation is for all of us. It's very easy to talk about love and even easy to wax poetic about it. But John says... Kids, don't talk about it, just do it. We must ask ourselves, am I a sayer or a doer? Because, you know, God's love is an action. Now let's read the last three verses. And by this, we know that we are of the truth. When he says by this, what's he talking about? Well, he's referring back to verse 18, that we love in deed and truth. And by this, we know that we are of the truth. In other words, when we are a doer of the word that James talks about, then he says, and shall assure our hearts before him. It means, this is interesting, it means we shall uh, persuade, set at rest, reassure our hearts before him when we are doing this. For if our heart condemns us when we don't do it as we should, in other words, when we don't love in deed and truth as we should, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence toward God. If we love in deed and in truth, it should, be, it should bring assurance to our hearts. If your heart is attacking you, condemning you, don't worry, God is greater than your heart. He knows more about you, your, your heart than your, your heart could ever tell you itself. We have confidence with God because we do things that are pleasing in his sight. What things? Keep his commandments. In other words, we're not doing our own things. We're doing his things, which brings confidence. And I'll explain it further in just a few minutes. Hang in there with me. Verse 22 and whatever we ask, we receive for him from him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. Let's consider this. In Psalm 34, 15, 
David says, The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their cry. When we live in righteous, a righteous lifestyle, seeking to do his will for our life, that entails keeping his commandments and desiring to do the things that please our Heavenly Father, just like Jesus did. When we're in that place, we can go to God in prayer and ask with the expectation to receive from him. That's what's being said here in this verse. Verse 21 and 22, here's what John is getting at. Here's the problem. Sometimes our hearts condemn us. Why? Sometimes we live according to our own expectations of what a good Christian is, what a good Christian does. And if I don't live up to those expectations, I might think, I am such a loser. What a second-class Christian I am. Why should I even bother to ask the Lord for anything? But when my heart is not condemning me, I find I have beautiful freedom in Christ. Well, from God's perspective, that freedom, of course, is there all the time. But I only recognize it when I'm free from the heart attacks of condemnation. Don't put your own expectations on things is the message for us. Just keep his expectations. Verse 23 says this, And this is his commandment, that we should believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave us commandment. What John is doing here is whittling it all down to just one. The idea of keeping his his commandments, he whittles it down to this one. Simply, we should believe on the name of his son and love one another. John does not refer to these two things, these two aspects of obedience as two commandments. It's one. Grammatically, he may not be officially correct, but spiritually, he's right on. To believe on the name of Jesus, this is not simply believing that Jesus is or even believing that Jesus did certain things, such as die on the cross. His name is who he is, his attributes, his character. To believe on the name of Jesus is to put your belief on Jesus in the sense of trusting in him, relying on him, and clinging to him. It isn't about intellectual knowledge or understanding. It's about trust. It's about faith. And of course, we are to love one another. As Jesus gave us the command in John 15, 12, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. The love of the brethren is not an option for some Christians. It is a commandment for all. John certainly has made it an emphasis in this chapter and in this letter overall. In our next lesson, we'll finish this chapter and we're going to look at how verse 24 fits into it all. Until next time, stay close to Jesus and keep looking up.